Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you have drawn us this morning into your presence, that we have come with brothers and sisters in Christ to hear what your word says to us. Lord, we pray that you may be with us. May we treat your word with the utmost respect this morning. And may we listen to what it has to say. And we pray that you may be with me. Give me much of your Holy Spirit's power. And we pray that I may be able to declare fearlessly the things contained in your word. And we pray that this morning we may be challenged to be more like your son, Jesus Christ, as a result of what we've heard from your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, generally speaking, we understand that the older you are, the wiser you are. And I see this in my own home as well. I am the oldest person in the house. I'm much older than Jill. Well, not much older, but uh, it depends what sort of um, circumstances you're under. But I am older than her. And, of course, then my I've got a son, a four-year-old son, and, of course, a two-year-old daughter. And even amongst the four-year-old son and the two-year-old daughter, we notice a difference. We know that the older child is wiser than the younger child in many respects, particularly when it comes to matters in the home. My son will often tell his little sister what she should do in a situation to make things go well for her. Just the other day he said, Pippa, you need to say yes, mummy, eat your food, and then it'd be okay. Eat your food. If you want to prosper in this household, you need to say yes, mummy, and eat your food. He's well aware of the circumstances in the household, what are the basic governing rules in the household, and he then sees himself as having the ability to teach others in the home, particularly those that are younger than him. And the Bible also emphasises this point, that older people should be able to teach younger people. It emphasises this in many places in Scripture, and it also does it here today in the verse that we are looking at in Hebrews chapter 5 as we've been doing our study through it. We've come through Hebrews chapter 5 to verse 12, and this morning I want us to see that older people should be able to teach younger people. And that's basically my first main point this morning. My first main point is that older Christians should be able to teach. Older Christians should be able to teach. You can see my main points there on the back of the church bulletin. And the first is that older Christians should be able to teach. And you see that in verse 12. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need to teach someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. What does it say there in verse 12? In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers. There's an expectation that after a certain period of time, you should actually be able to teach others. And this, as I've said before, is a general expectation that the older you are, the more you should be able to teach others. Why is that? Well, it makes sense. If you're an older person, you've had more time to accumulate knowledge. You've been able to see more, hear more, experience more. And so, of course, then you have more knowledge than someone who hasn't had the same amount of time that you have had to learn. And also, you've had more time to see the application of knowledge. That is what wisdom is. Knowledge is accumulating facts. Wisdom is actually applying those things that you know into life. And so if you're an older person, you don't just simply know more things, you've actually experienced the application of knowledge and so have greater wisdom than somebody who is younger. 
And Christianity is no different. There you see there in verse 12, there's this expectation that if you've been a Christian for a certain period of time, then you should be able to teach others. You should know more, have greater wisdom, and so be able to teach those who haven't been a Christian for as long as you have. Now, we've got to be careful here because, of course, people see the words here about saying teaching and that we should teach others and they think, oh, isn't it just the, the elders of a church who are supposed to teach? Well, I'm not saying that all Christians, I don't think the author is saying here that all Christians should be able to teach publicly from up the front and to preach. No, because we see the rest of Scripture denies that by having a place for elders. But there is a place for all Christians to be able to teach in private. And we've seen that in passage that we've just read in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, we read, Moses says, These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. If you know what Moses is teaching, he then says, make it known to others. Teach your children. Even write it on your gates. So when people come in, they are taught from the word because of the Bible verses that are up in your home. And then we see in Titus chapter 2, there's instruction given to older women. Titus chapter 2 verse 3, it says, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. But then then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Older women are expected to do what? Teach younger women. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, there's a command given to us, to all Christians, not just to teachers, the, the leaders of the church. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. That means every Christian must be ready to answer, to teach people the reason for the hope that they have. So with time, all Christians, with time, all Christians should be able to teach others. But what should you be able to teach if you're an older Christian? There's a lot to know about Christianity. Are you expected to know all the theological terms, uh, Latin terms that have developed over 2,000 years since the New Testament? Are you supposed to be able to teach infralapsarianism versus supralapsarianism? That's one of the catch phrases if you want to confuse someone about something. Are you supposed to be able to teach that if you've been a Christian for any length of time? Well, that brings me to my second main point this morning. Older Christians should be able to teach the elements. Older Christians should be able to teach the elements. And we see that in verse 12. He actually tells us what we should be able to teach. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. He's expecting that the people who have been Christians for some time should be able to teach the elementary truths. Now, what is that? 
Well, the Greek word there translated elements was used for um, it wasn't just used in the Bible, of course, but it's used in other Greek way, in, by other Greek authors and often used by the scientists, by the philosophers, for the substances of which the world is composed, the elements of the universe, the substances by which the world is made up. So what should you be able to teach if you're an older Christian? Truths that make up Christianity. Truths that make up Christianity. But as I said before, there's many elements that make up Christianity, just like there's many elements that make up the world. If you're meant to teach about the elementary substances that make up the world, there's many of those. Can you narrow it down a little bit for me? Whether there's, I can, I, there's some things that I can focus on that those are the things that I need to teach upon. Well... The way it's translated here, I don't think I, I particularly like it, or it's, it's hard to translate uh, what is being translated here as the elementary truths. Um, a more literal translation could be the elements of the beginning. The word for beginning is actually used here. The Greek word is used here in verse 12, associated with that word elements. It's the elements of the beginning, which other translations use as the word basic. They translate it basic. So it's basic principles. First fundamentals, the beginnings of the Christian faith. Not all of Christianity. You don't have to be able to understand all of Christianity and then teach. You're just meant to be able to teach the beginnings. And what are those? What would it be? Well, I think a few verses down we see what those things are. What does it say in chapter 6, verse 1? Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ... And go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. What are the elementary truths that we should expect all Christians to be able to teach? Well, how to become a Christian, who Jesus Christ is. What has it got there? Repentance, faith, and then doctrine about the church, baptism. What does it mean to be a part of a church? The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Those are the basics. And we'll look at those as we get down in a few weeks' time uh, to chapter 6. We'll look at those in greater detail. They're the basics that we should know to teach others. Repentance, faith. Church and eschatology. Now, you may not know what eschatology means, but you do know eschatology. Eschatology is the last things. It comes from Greek words. You shouldn't be daunted by Greek words, eschatology. It's about what happens at the end of the world. What happens when you die? Those are the kinds of things that you should be able to teach. And so if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I want you to understand that they're the things that you need to get in your head. You need to understand these things more than anything else. There is much to know about God, but these are the fundamentals. These are the beginning elements that you need to understand. You need to understand that you need to repent of your sins. You need to understand that you need to trust in Jesus Christ's death for your sins. These are the basics. Otherwise, you will be eternally damned in hell. But if you do, then you will experience a glorious resurrection and go to be with Jesus in heaven.
Those are the beginnings. Those are the basic things that you need to be able to understand if you want to have eternal life. And if you are a Christian, those are the things you need to be able to teach. But you may say, okay, well, those are the things I need to be able to teach, but how do I know things about those? How do I know I've got the right teachings about repentance, about faith, about Christ, about the last judgment, about the resurrection? Where do you source such information? How do you know your basic elements are right that then you are teaching to others? Well, that brings me to my third main point this morning. Older Christians should be able to teach the elements of God's word. And we see that in verse 12. He says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. What is God's word? Well, of course, it's the, old, the, the Bible with the Old Testament revelation and the New Testament revelation from the apostles. That is where we source our beginning principles, our beginning elements, our basic truths. It has to come from the scriptures. It is from the Bible that you understand these basic things that are listed there in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 for us. If you want to know what faith is that you should have, then you need to go to the Bible. If you want to know what repentance is, you need to go to the Bible. If you want to know who Christ is, then you need to go to God's word. That is what you should be teaching, is God's word and its teachings on those basic principles. That is where you source the information that you need. Now you may be saying, but why should I bother to be able to teach these things? Why should I bother doing this? Why should I bother learning so much? about all these things so that I'm able to teach others. It sounds like a lot of work. Well, that brings me to my fourth main point this morning. Older Christians who need to be taught the elements make God angry. Older teachers, older Christians who need to be taught the elements again make God angry. God gives you time in this world, and then he watches what you do with that time. If you profess faith in Jesus Christ, the clock starts ticking. And he starts watching what you do with that time in your life. And if you have sat under Christian teaching for quite some time and are not competent to teach anybody around you the basics of Christianity, then God is not happy. He's giving a rebuke here in Hebrews chapter 5 to these people who the letter was written to. And the Hebrews, let's face it, deserved a rebuke. If they were not able to teach other people the basics of Christianity then they had really been misusing their time because they had serious advantages. These people that Hebrews was written to are people who are Jews. What does that mean? They've got such knowledge about God before any of their Gentile brothers and sisters who are Christians as well have even begun to be Christians. The New Testament talks about, Paul talks in Romans about the advantage of being a Jew He says, what advantage is there in being a Jew? Much in every way, because they have the very oracles of God. They've had the word of God handed down to them by their parents. And they've also been able, these Hebrew Christians, to hear the new word of God, the new revelation, the New Testament, given to them by people who actually knew the apostles. Turn back with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, but I'll read from verse 2, just two pages earlier. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2, 
we see here that these Hebrews had great advantage because they heard the message from the apostle, people who heard the apostles. We see in verse 2, For if the message spoken by angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? So they've had a message from angels, which of course is the Old Testament uh, given to Moses. Then it says, This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, announced by Jesus, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. People had heard Jesus Christ make announcements, make announcements about salvation. And then they'd spoken to these people who received the letter. What advantage. I mean, we're we're so far removed from this situation now. Imagine if you could speak to someone who had spoken to John, spoken to Peter, spoken to Paul. What an advantage you have. And then what happens? Time passes and you're not able to teach anything about Christianity. In fact, you need somebody else to teach you all over again. Do you think God's happy about that? No, he's not. And he administers a rebuke here in Hebrews chapter 5 through the author of Hebrews. And the same thing occurs today as well. God has great expectation of people who have experienced great blessing. Many people have regularly heard the gospel. They've regularly had access to a Bible, particularly here in Australia, in the Western world. We have Bibles on our shelves very close at hand. And if you don't, you can go to a public library. It's amazing. The public library, secular place, organisation, will have a number of different Bibles in a number of different translations. And then, of course, if you don't want to get off your seat and go to the library, all you have to do is get on the internet. You can get a Bible straight away. You can get access to the Word of God. And many people have had access to a good Christian church. They've sat in a good Christian church surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ. They've sat under good preaching. And then what has happened? Time has passed and with great advantage, they have then not been competent to teach anybody anything about Christianity at all. Do you think that makes God happy? No, this rebuke is here for those kinds of people, for people who aren't able to teach anything about Christianity, even though they've had serious advantage. Now, why else would it be worth learning the basic principles and so we can teach others? Why is it such a problem if we can't? Well, that brings me to my fifth main point this morning. Older Christians who need to be taught the elements waste teachers' time. Older Christians who need to be taught the elements waste teachers' time. And we see that in verse 12. What does it say? In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. If you aren't competent to teach others and you need to be taught yourself again, you are taking someone who could be sharing with somebody else who's never heard taking their time and wasting it because you haven't put your brain into gear so that you could learn yourself. I know some people who pretty much any time I sit down with them and start to discuss religious matters, the same questions will come up again. And I have to say the same thing again with a straight face. I try really hard. Say it with a straight face as though I've said it for the very first time to them. And the whole time in my head I'm getting frustrated with them because 
I keep teaching them the same things. We could be moving on to something else, which is what the author of Hebrews is wanting to do. He's not wanting to teach the basics to these Christians. He wants to start moving on to what does it mean to be in the order of Melchizedek. He wants to get going there. And the new covenant, what does it all mean? But he's having to teach the basics again. And that's a frustration for teachers. You're wasting their time because they have to keep teaching you the basics when you should be teaching the basics. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't ask me basic questions. I don't want to scare you off. I love to talk about Christianity and the basics. But I don't like it when I have to keep repeating myself and it's obvious that the person just isn't listening to my answers. They ask me the same questions each time and then you can see them tuning out just as you start to speak. That's very frustrating and it's a waste of my time. If you come to me and genuinely want to know about the basics of Christianity, I will always have time for you. And so will the elders of this church. But if it's obvious that you are continuing to ask the same questions and not paying attention to the answers, then it's a waste of my time. And it's a real problem that you are experiencing more and more blessing and and not being competent in being able to teach others as you should be. Any other reason why it's a problem that older Christians can't teach the elements? Well, my sixth main point this morning is that older Christians who need to be taught the elements, again, aren't very useful. Older Christians who need to be taught the elements, again, aren't very useful. Now, as I said before, elders of a church have a special role and a special gift of teaching. That's why they're recognised as elders of a church. But they're only a handful of people within a church, usually. They've only got so much time. They are human. They're not superhuman. They can't go around teaching everybody the basics. That's why it's so important that all Christians who have been Christians for any given length of time should be able to teach the basics as well. It frees up the elders of a church so that they can concentrate as much as they can on matters that they need to be concentrating upon. And it means that there's so many more people in the kingdom that are advancing the kingdom, that everything isn't left to the elders of a church. Because they recognise that they, as a Christian, are able to teach at least the basics. At least what it means to repent. At least what it means to have trust in Jesus Christ. At least what is meant by the resurrection. At least what is meant by sin. The basics can be taught by all the Christians, rather than just a few select ones. Which then means the kingdom advances so much greater, doesn't it? as all the Christians are sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in their workplaces where, let's face it, the elders don't work, in their families where, let's face it, the elders aren't part of that family. Older Christians who need to be taught the elements again aren't very useful. We should all be able to teach the basics about Christianity so that more and more people can hear the gospel, hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So all older Christians should be able to teach the basics. I think I've made that point clear this morning, and I think that's what the author has made clear as well. And this is why I ask all new members of our church to affirm the statement of faith that we have as our church, because it contains the basics. It's only a two-page document. Compared to some churches' statement of faith, that's pretty short. Just a two-page document that goes over the basics of Christianity. And also, when someone wants to become a member of the church... 
I scare them with this question. I let them know it beforehand, so it's an open book exam. No, well, I don't let them have a book there. But um, I, I, I ask them this question. I tell them beforehand I'm going to ask it. And I say, I'm going to ask you to tell me what is the good news of Jesus Christ in 60 seconds or less. I want every member of this church to be able to tell others what the good news of Jesus Christ in 60 seconds or less is. Because I think they should be able to. I want to see that they know what the gospel is for themselves, firstly, but then I want them to be able to do what it says here they should be able to do in Hebrews chapter 5.12, that they aren't these people that are being described here, that they aren't needing to be taught all over again. And so I did that when I first came here to Des Baptist Church. I went around all the members who were here and met with them and asked them, what is the good news of Jesus Christ? I wanted to check. It doesn't mean that I doubted the previous elders and pastors of the church, but I just wanted to go around and check that everybody could teach the gospel in this church in 60 seconds or less. And I do it with all new members. I want to make sure that you can teach the gospel. So what does this then mean for you this morning? Well, that brings me to my seventh main point this morning. Become an older Christian who can teach the elements. Become an older Christian who can teach the elements. I'm encouraged by the members of Des Moines Baptist Church that you are able to teach the elements. As I've sat down with you and spoken to you and found out more about you over the last five years, I've been able to see more and more that you are able to teach the elements. And even just in the last couple of weeks, I was so encouraged to hear that some people in this church were teaching a non-Christian friend the elements. They invited a non-Christian friend to church. The Christian friend went away with them, sat down with them for lunch. And the non-Christian friend said, I didn't agree with what was said at church this morning. The pastor there was saying that people have a problem with sin. Whereas this non-Christian friend said, I think people are born good. And what happened? Did the, the, the members of this church then bring them back to me? No, they, they, they started to teach that person. They said to them, no, we are sinful creatures. They were teaching in a private context the elements of God's truth. And that is so encouraging for me to hear, that there are members of Des Moines Baptist doing that. But maybe you feel you can't teach the basics, even though you've been a Christian for a while. What are you to do? Well, listen to someone teach the basics and then put your head in gear. When they speak, listen. Don't just hear, listen to what they have to say. Study the Bible. That's where you get the elements from, after all. Go through statements of faith. They're wonderful things to read because they distill the truths, the basic truths of Christianity into a few sentences. Like Dremoyne Baptist Church's statement of faith. It's not a very long one, as I said, but it goes into the nature and unity of the Godhead. It has a section on the deity and humanity of Christ. Who is Christ? Remember, that's an elementary teaching. Who the Holy Spirit is and what his work is. The divine inspiration of Scripture, the sinfulness of man, Christ's atonement, the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation, what the church is, what baptism is, what communion is, the return of Jesus, the resurrection of the dead, rewards and punishments in a future state. If you want to know the basics of Christianity, it's a good place to start. Read through our statement of faith and you will see what are the basic truths that the Bible teaches and that then you should be able to teach.
And then read other books. Read books like that one I just reviewed. Well, parts of it. The Systematic Theology. Read, um, surround yourselves with people who will teach you. Go to Bible studies. Listen to what people say. And then start teaching those around you. As you teach people, you actually start to learn things yourself as well. And so you go on from the elementary teachings and start to learn other things as people ask you good questions. So I ask you this morning, are you able to teach others the elementary truths of God's word? Do you teach others the basics of Christianity? If yes, fantastic. That's such an encouragement to me. And God is pleased with you and you're a blessing to the church. But if no, you're not able to teach others, maybe that's because you're a new Christian. Well, that's okay. But know that there's an expectation. With time, you should be able to teach others. But if you are someone who has been a Christian for quite some time and you aren't able to teach others, then I pray that you hear this rebuke. I was a bit scared of delivering this sermon this morning because I know people might get offended by it that they have to teach others basic elements. But I pray that you hear this rebuke and get your mind into gear and understand at least the basic truths of Christianity so that you can then and start teaching others around you. Let us come before our God in prayer. Let us speak with him. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with teachers in our lives who did teach us the elementary truths of your word. And we thank you that many of us have actually grown in those teachings and are able to teach others and do teach others. Lord, we pray that we may continue to do so. May we remind ourselves of the basics again and again so that we don't forget and so that we can share the good news with those around us who do not know. Lord, we pray for anyone who may be here this morning who has professed faith in Jesus Christ but for a long time has not actually grown and is incompetent and unable to teach those around them. We pray that they may concentrate. May you give them your Holy Spirit in abundance so they grow and understand so that they can in turn teach those around them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.